Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Takeout ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Urban Outfitters, Fenty Beauty, and Expedia. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett, yes, CBS, yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? <laughs> the answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast. This is a great day. It's a great day. I'm in New York. I'm hanging out with a guy named Wayne Fetterman. If you don't know who he is, look him up. Okay? Now, there are times when there are interviewers like me who will just slobber over a guest and say they do everything everywhere and all of it's great. He does a lot of things. I don't know if they're all great because I haven't seen them all. Curb your enthusiasm. Legally Blonde. Yeah. Keep going, Wayne. What else? Well, a lot. I'm going to be in What We Do in the Shadows, okay. Silicon Valley. Got it. Knocked Up. You wrote a history. Step Brothers. Step Brothers. You wrote a history of stand-up comedy in the, America. Yeah, from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle. But, the, but mostly he's here yeah. to talk about George Carlin, American Dream, two-part documentary on HBO. Yes. You are the producer of that, and you won an yeah. Emmy for that. I, there is an Emmy in the house. There is an, an Emmy, Emmy in the, in the house. house. Yes. And the reason this is such a great day for me is because there is no one more important in my life, not genetically related to me, than George Carlin. There just no idea. Isn't. There just isn't. Uh, he's my philosopher king. Uh, he's the most important com- comedian, I believe, in American history. Uh, when I was a kid, I listened to his records. And then I would do the bits while I was doing yard work in my head. Really? Yeah. George Carlin meant everything to me growing up. Um, And you did a documentary with Judd Apatow. Yeah, he directed it. He directed it. Why is George Carlin in you? I know why he's important to me. Why is he important in the history of American comedy? Well, someone who does stand up. Yes. First of all, it's amazing. I didn't know you did yard work. So I'm learning a lot about you already. Did you know? No, no one knows. Okay. Second, secondly, well, I'm a not only a stand-up, but I'm also a fan of stand-up right. comedians, and he is unique in the in the whole history of it, in the amount of material he put out, mm-hmm. and especially his evolution as an artist. This sounds serious, it, anyway, and he's funny. He's a funny guy, unbelievably funny, yeah. and important in the history of what are the parameters of comedy and what is permissible yes, in comedy. There's yes. an entire body of law built around George Carlin. Right, because he uh, did a famous routine called The Seven Words You Can't Say on Television. And the point of the routine was, one, yes, to say these words out loud, but two... <laughs> None of which we can say right well, here. What was two was like, there is no list. No. It's like, so you only know you've said it when you're in trouble. <laughs> It's like, it's like, just give me, just right. tell me the words. Right. There are 400,000 words in the English language, and there are seven you can't say on television. Right. Yeah, so he did that routine, and then a ver- later version on a later record was played yes. in the afternoon on a radio station. Yes. And one person who was in the car with listening with his kid complained, mm-hmm. said, that, like, I don't think this should be on the air at this and because I have no choice. Like, I'm just listening to the radio. Right. 
and that all went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yep. And they actually decided that, yes, the FCC can restrict broadcast content during certain periods of the time. Indeed. So, in a way, Carlin lost that lawsuit. He did. He right. lost the case, but he made the point. The point was made, and again, his big, his lucky, if I, if I may say, again, uh, the lucky thing about his life is that he came around when HBO was starting, mm-hmm. and that was a perfect, a perfect platform for his free speech uh, kind of comedy. So it was, and he ended up doing fourteen of these HBO specials. And I'm sure you know this. Tell me, many in my audience don't know this, but the yeah. very first HBO special featuring George Carlin was preceded by a disclaimer. Yeah, Shana Alexander, love it who Tell was it. then part of the point-counterpoint on 60 Minutes. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Columbia Broadcasting System had a disclaimer saying, we believe this is valuable comedy, but some in this audience, HBO's audience, might find who this offensive. Paid, right, paid for, this paid for prim- the privilege premium, yes. of getting things that are out there that you can't watch on broadcast television, but still, right. there was this sensitivity around it, and it was very serious and very strange. Please be advised, this is going to be content that some might in this audience might find. And then, boom, there goes Carlin. And Can I even say, if you watch that special, yes. which was done at USC, Bovard mm-hmm. Auditorium, mm-hmm. right before he gets into the seven words, they stop the special and do a crawl as if Shana wasn't enough. <laughs> yes, and so the, warning, <laughs> warning, warning, Will Robinson. You were about to hear some words. <laughs> some very you, bad words. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but, but the crazy thing is those words had been on his albums. Right. Class so Clown. People, yeah, exactly. So people knew kind of those Which words. won a Grammy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know he won a – yeah, I know – Yes. Because I believe when he's yes, on yes, AM FM, yes, yes. he's doing the set. It's in Washington, D.C., and he yes, he's gets handed Oh, you note. are a fan, yeah. Dude, I'm a fan. Yes, I'm a huge, yes, huge yeah. fan. You talked about the volume. I think when How co- loud he was? No, no. The, oh, okay. the amount of material. Oh, okay, okay. Which does, according to the documentary, blow lots of comedians away. Just the sheer amount of material. Oh, my God. You yeah. do this work for a living. Yeah. Talk to my audience about how that amount... Stands it's, it's, in a different it's, category. It's unprecedented. I mean, maybe since Louis C.K. came along mm. and started writing and producing his own show, but no one had been able to put out that much material on that level. Although, I will say, Bill Cosby did put out a lot of mm-hmm. albums. Yep, yep. But uh, to do an on-camera special, 14 of them, like that became sort of his work rhythm. Mm-hmm. It was like as soon as one was done, he would go out on the road use half of the material from that and half new, and then within a year and a half or two years, he would have another special. So it's very, extremely difficult. And for those fans, you're a fan, Mm -hmm. you can see how he like, okay, how am I going to, like I've already done all the observational stuff about reaching in to get a piece of bread deep down or, (laughs) you know, jumbo shrimp. I'm gonna get in the plane, not on the plane. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. And then he got a little more into social criticism right and that really opened up and i also two other things are very important tell me if you agree with this one was the invention of the word processor the computer because mm-hmm. he that opened up his mind because he's like oh now we can cut and paste this and this goes over here really right. opened him up create creatively and also was just that he had a epiphany that if he didn't care about the united states humanity the world, this experiment in life mm-hmm. that we're doing right now. Right. This, can we name this restaurant? Juniors. Oh, Ray yeah. Juniors. We're Juniors. Yeah. So all of this, if he could stand back and say, I'm not part, I don't want to be part of this. Mm-hmm. I want to have a different view of the world. And so there was some very dark stuff. Yes. I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. I kind of like it when a lot of people die mm-hmm. is one of his bits. <laughs> I don't do that kind of material, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm a happy guy. I, I enjoy Tornadoes, you know, I pestilence, enjoy the volcanoes. Cheese. I like the cheese omelets. So <laughs> so and those are the two. Th- what do you think? Does that sound right oh, to you? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. For absolutely. And what comes across in the documentary are a couple of really important things and yeah. we'll deal with the pain of his childhood right and the difficulties of his adult life addiction yes. and all that there are real parts of the George Carlin story but right. we're going to talk in this segment and into the next segment his influence yeah. on the comedians that we love and enjoy now how many of them say it started for them as kids with Carlin no question are we going on yeah, break go no no go go we got got a minute and 20 I have a minute and 20 to and talk. Then we'll, and then we'll bleed over. Jesus. 
Um, well, obviously, but I will say that he is one of many comedians sure. that are influential. I think what set Carlin apart, besides the volume, and I don't mean loudness, of his stuff was just how he really dug down into the English language. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yep. really, and this, what makes it, to me, fascinating, and him is uh, the fact he's a ninth grade dropout. There you right? go. Right. And you're also a dropout, right? <laughs> I, I've been dropping out successfully oh, my see, entire oh, career. I love it. I love yeah. it. I've built a modest career out of dropping out. Yes. I love it. I love yes. it. So those, yeah. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to talk. I feel like one minute and 20 is not enough to talk about his uh, thing. Yeah. And so we're going to go to break. Yeah. We're at Junior's. We've been here before. Wayne Fetterman. Yeah, oh, I see the clock. I see the clock now. You see the clock. See? Yeah, yeah. So now it's 20 seconds. Yeah, so are, yeah. You, are you feeling pressure? No, Is there no, a little, I like little it. trickle like, sweat like running it. out I, of I've here? worked in television. I know how this works. <laughs> and this is the loosest definition of television. I've yes. Been uh, this is sort of television. <laughs> By the way, the, yeah. a big picture of Ebbets Field. Yes. So they like to show pictures this of things. Would a, that, this would be a Carlin place, right? Yeah, sort yeah. Of. Well, he, I mean, he's upper, you know, the Upper West Side, obviously. We're going to cut you off there. The time's out, Wayne. Okay, I'm out. talking. There we go. Segment two coming up. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back. We love hanging out at Junior's, one of our favorite places in New York. Yes, I know it's on Times Square. I know it's a kind of a touristy place, but I love it. Wayne By the way, yeah, I uh, had a little trouble finding this Junior's because there's another Junior's, junior's in Times Square. Yes, exactly. So, that I was at, yes, looking for you. Looking for us. But there were no lights. There were no cameras. There was no, yeah. But, yeah, I didn't know how gorilla this you, was going to be. All gorilla. All gorilla. All right, now you got you got nine minutes. Yes, let's do it. People that George Carlin inspired who are com- comedians well, now. it's amazing that... And I'll, many of them are in the documentary American Dream, HBO Max. Right. I mean, I... Producer Wayne Fetterman, he put it together. It's... Uh, Can I interrupt you one more time? No. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, anyone like Louis... I hate to talk about Louis right. C.K., but he was... He gave an amazing speech yep. about it that... Uh, that it was like, oh, this is how you can craft not just a comedy bit, yep. not just get on the Tonight Show and do well, a career. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's almost like he created the idea, like, like comedians are musicians, right. and put out an album, yep. and put out a special. Yep. And so when comedians are like, oh, that's really hard to do. Right. Like, there's a lot of comedians that maybe have one or two specials in them, and that's incredible mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Yep. So to be able to do 14 of these specials, and obviously Seinfeld talked about seeing Carlin as a kid, mm-hmm. and Car- and Seinfeld couldn't, I mean, he's very much like Carlin in that the specificity mm-hmm. of his comedy yep. is incredible. But he's not like Carlin that he doesn't swear. No. No. In fact, there's some very early recordings of Jerry Seinfeld swearing. Like, and it's shocking to hear. And he. <laughs> that his, can't be Jerry Seinfeld. His whole point was like, if this bit can't get a laugh without me juicing it right. with, by saying the F word or something, I don't want this bit in my act. Right. Right. Way different than Carlin. Completely. But still, the idea of 
going on the Tonight Show, right. promoting yourself, doing these touring. I mean, he toured like a maniac mm-hmm. from from even in the the sixties. Right, he was touring. So, so I when, mean, like, and when Carlin started out, yeah, he did the gin joints, and it was clean comedy. What, and the what joints? Gin joints. Is that what you call them? That's what he called them. <laughs> so they just served gin. <laughs> the best ones do. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So yes, exactly. The small nightclubs. Yes. Right, the seedier right. nightclubs. Yeah. And. He would do the Jimmy Dean show. He would do Jack right. Parr. Oh, all no, look at you. Look at you. Yeah. I'm not a, yeah. I am not a dilettante. In many yeah. things, I am. George Carlin, I am not. Oh, I love it. He fu- and, 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 he, and, and let me and just he, say something real quickly about Because he, he before we even started doing stand-up, he was part of a comedy team, yes. obviously. So then when he started doing stand-up, he was playing, as you call them, the gin joints, but these low-end nightclubs. Didn't like it. Came here to New York City, mm-hmm. downtown, mm-hmm. and developed... Stuff that he thought could get him on The Tonight Show with Merv Griffin. Right. You saw him on J- the Jimmy Dean Show. And that material that worked for the hipsters mm-hmm. and the folk rock guys down in the village <laughs> right. also worked for on the Jimmy Dean Show. He kills on that yeah. show. Oh, in fact, yeah. we use a clip of that in, do. The, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. in the documentary. So it was like, oh, he really had an elevated view of like, this is re- can work anywhere. Right. Anywhere. And, uh, and of course... That is like Seinfeld in mm-hmm. a way. Like I can, I for anywhere. I, I can, can be in Mississippi. Right. I can be in Massapequa. Right. So it's right. so, so yes. Yeah, so he those early routines when he would get on television are really great pieces of comedy. And you and you say in the documentary yeah. he yeah. evolved four or five times. Yes. Oh yeah. We really kind of only do three, but if you really break it down, there's many more little. That is so hard to do in the creative space. Oh my God. Yeah. In the creative space. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. It's, look, most people, most comedians have a persona. Mm-hmm. Most rock stars have a persona. Right. And they sell it. Right. And and they'll do the greatest hits 30 years later. Well, I mean, this is the amazing thing. If you as a comedy fan is, like, people want the greatest hits mm-hmm. in everything but stand-up. Yeah. What do you... Because the basis of stand-up is surprise. Mm-hmm. The basis of comedy is like, oh, I didn't see that coming. What a great idea. This is incredible. So, And then, although every once in a while he would do uh, a routine called baseball versus yeah, football. football. Oh, yeah. 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 An all-time classic. Yeah. So that was like a clean that he would, he would pull out every once in a while. Sure. But he was uh, always writing, always creating. Talk to me about the yes. perception later in his career that he was angry, George. Oh yeah, too angry. It's and not I, a, it's I, not and a I don't perception. I don't feel it. But you don't feel it at all. No, no, I when do. When he says but, but, like but, "f kids," like yeah. that's one of his bits. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, this feels this feels like this feels good to me. <laughs> the perception, though, yeah. or the 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 knock on it was he was. Either too angry, or angry because he had run out of material, and I didn't feel that way. I felt that there was something. Well, I think he passionate was, about it. You don't feel like he was disappointed? Oh, sure. Yes. He seemed extremely disappointed in. I hate to say it. I think he was disappointed in capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like he really was like, okay, it seems to be working for some people, not for everyone. Like this is the best way as mm-hmm. human beings we can create our society. Which is kind of ironic, considering he always had new cars yes. and had a private jet <laughs> at one point. <laughs> so, yes, he enjoyed the luxuries. He, he yeah. enjoyed that. So. But he did disdain them in a certain he way. He did. I think he had a real disdain. I mean, obviously, if you mm. know the routines, yep. like about businessmen and right. stuff. But I think he didn't like hypocrisy was his main... And he's one of the... At the, few, at the end. Few at the comedians. End. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is more true after he died. Yeah. In which the right and the left embrace him. Oh, or yeah. pull parts of him for themselves in yes. this very no divided culture we have no where there's our humor right. and it's different than your humor. Yeah. George Carlin crosses over. No question. And again, it's easy to kind of like uh, cherry pick mm-hmm. different parts to like, oh, he's uh, he hates political correctness right. or he hates environmentalists <laughs> or feminists. And then it's or the hypocritical same. feminists, or hip- hypocritical and, environmentalists. And, yeah, any of that stuff. So he... Uh, and then on the other side, obviously, I mean, he's been railing against, like, kind of big business and mm. businessmen for a long time. Although, 
did do uh, commercials. Yes, exactly. He did do commercials. Exactly. Yeah, so he just said, I, I, you know, I just love his mind. And he said something that fascinated me. Because everyone's like, oh, he's just trying to convert people to whatever, this mm-hmm. liberal cause or whatever. He, But he said, that's not what I'm doing at all. In fact, he hates when comedians do that. Mm-hmm. He really dislikes it. His thing is like, I don't want people to change their mind. I want people to think, oh, George Carlin's thinking. Right. He's thinking in a new way. Right. He's looking at the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he has a famous routine where he really dissembles religion. Yep. In a very, I mean, it is brutal. One of the leading causes of death. <laughs> I mean, and for somehow, terrible with money. <laughs> Always needs money. <laughs> Always needs money. <laughs> all real powerful, estate. all and, and real estate, all yes. Knows it. So, I mean, it is just point after point mm-hmm. after point in a comedic, wonderful way. Right. So, and if you uh, go back to something like Class Clown, it's a very small bit. It's not yes. the least bit vulgar yeah, by yeah. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. What was the hypocrisy of Muhammad Ali? Right. You know, well, if you won't kill him, we won't let you beat him up. Right, ha, right, ha, ha. Right. You know, they st- basically, what did the government say to Muhammad Ali? Well, you can't be a fighter anymore unless you go to Vietnam and kill people. Him. You know, and he just turned the whole thing upside down, exposing the hypocrisy, totally right. clean and brilliant. Bri- always. That, I mean, that is, that's almost said that the definition of what Carlin did was his laser focus on the reality as opposed to the sheen of, he would call it the BS of it all. Mm-hmm. So it was just thrilling to listen to him create this material. But can I just go back yeah. real quickly? I do think he was angry. He came off as an angry guy mm-hmm. at the end. And and a lot of Not times, exactly get off my lawn, but kind of close. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was a little of that. And maybe that was part of it of, of being, you know, in his late 60s. Mm-hmm. And, but... He always tried, I think, tried to get laughs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there was runs where he would do where he was pontificating, but he was always, like, at his heart, he was like, oh, I'm a comic. I got to do this. Got to do it. You're right. We're at Juniors. Wayne Fetterman is our special guest. The topic is George Carlin. Yeah. The documentary, George Carlin, American Dream. Lots of other things Wayne Fetterman does. Look him up. You see him everywhere. Things you didn't know he does. But he the does. only thing I've won an Emmy for is that, that thing. Is yeah. That. And... Speaking from, well, sort of personal, kind of tangential experience, Emmys are kind of cool. Anyway, I'm Major Garrett, segment three coming up in just a second. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Juniors. Wayne Fetterman is our special guest. The topic, George Carlin, uh, my philosopher God, if there is such a thing. He is. So he really is there is. anything you disagree with, what, as someone who's listened to a lot of it? Is there anything where you're like, you know, I, I'm not totally on board with this? So look, there was a period of time where he yeah. did, a, did a thing about rape, and yeah, rape. Which, which was, I mean, like, whoa. And I, even then, as someone who was just devoted and an evangelist for George, I'm like... <laughs> Whoa, okay. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit I'm gonna scoot back a little bit. Uh, yeah. this is a little heavy for me and but and there there was there was there was a comedic angle there, right, but I'm right. telling you that is like that is terrain that I just don't know anyone would even investigate. And not only did he investigate it, he put it out there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well he said The death stuff I was totally into. You were? Yes. Like cross the person <laughs> off when they die out of your book and all of that. <laughs> I, because I just thought, like all comedy, you know this. Right. It's right next to pain. 
Yeah? It's right next to pain. Not all of it. Not but a lot of it is. Not all And you've got to understand that pain. You've got to understand that fear to right. get to that place that's surprising and that pulls something out of you that you mm-hmm. didn't even know existed mm-hmm. and that you can find a comedic angle to. And I think that's one of the things that George Carlin hands off to anyone who wants to be in that space. Well, it's interesting, your reaction of stepping back. Yep. Because he said that he felt like it was the comedian's obligation. And this is where I think Seinfeld is different and certainly other comedians of finding what the line is, mm-hmm. what the, your line is, yep. and then deliberately mm-hmm. going over the line. Yep. Deliberately. So that's what he did with he you. Did. No and, doubt. Then, and then he said, and sometimes he would say that and go, and hopefully make the people happy that mm-hmm. I did. And a lot of times they're not happy. Nope. A lot of times they're like, how dare they're you? Walking out. Yeah. They're walking out of his shows in Las Vegas. They're uh, they're yelling at him. They're you know obviously what happened to him in uh, in uh, Wisconsin at the Playboy. Yep. So uh, so anyway, so he felt like there was a provocative part to his stand up, and then later in his life, he said that he became more of a writer who performed his writing mm-hmm. as opposed to a comic who's just trying to get laughs. Exactly. Like he felt like he was like that was his main focus that was his mission statement and I did we did it's not in the documentary but we did interview the producers of his his HBO specials Mm -hmm. and they said that he was word perfect even in the rehearsals like it was memorized almost like he was like a play like a Shakespearean play or something like word for word everything and most comedians aren't that quite that. Right. But, uh, so tell my audience yes. who Patrick Carlin is. I'm not familiar. So are you talking about his brother? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I don't remember that guy. No, he had a older brother. Who <laughs> <laughs> okay. Had, there's two kids in this family, yeah. and he, they had an abusive father. Alcoholic father. An alcoholic, abusive father, who was supposedly this incredible... Uh, after dinner speech. Like Toastmaster, yeah. Yes, could really spin a tail. And so he used to beat up Patrick Carlin quite a bit in these drunken things. And one of the reasons that family left, they escaped from their dad. Literally down a fire escape. You know the whole story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then hung out in the Catskill Mountains for a couple of years until they finally got came back to New York. And... I mean, a deeply fearful, traumatic experience. This Very was... traumatic. But so already you can see Carlin is already kind of like, what's going on in this world? Mm-hmm. Like there's no yeah. no stability here at all. My dad is someone to be feared. Again. George Pat- was incredibly young at the time. Very young, but still. Patrick, five years older. Patrick hated the father mm-hmm. with a passion. Mm-hmm. So. George, I think in a way, was like kind of like, oh, he's my dad. He's this mm. funny guy. The dad, and this I think is very important to George Carlin's uh, development and journey, dies of a massive heart attack very early on. I think mm. in his forties. So there's this sort of sword mm. hanging over George Carlin. Like maybe I have a bad ticker mm-hmm. as well. Weird, he would do that amount of cocaine. <laughs> Right? Which he was open about. He was open about. He was open, but I'm just he saying. He cracked jokes about it, yeah. Yeah, of course. He for the whole time. But I'm just saying, for the amount of, like, knowing that he has a bad ticker or that that could be uh, part of his family tradition. Mm-hmm. So, so, anyway. Uh, so, anyway, I do feel like that gave him a certain, like, oh, I might be, my days might be numbered. Right. So, I think that gave him a certain latitude to maybe push where other comedians are like, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, mm-hmm. like, Look, I'm on the clock. I'm, yeah. I might be on the clock here. Right. So I think that was uh, part of... What do you think? That's a theory of mine. For sure. Yeah. And, and look, uh, I think there are a lot of ways in which any child of an abusive family yeah. sprockets off in lots of different directions. Uh-huh. And it comes in waves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you internalize that and externalize it different times in different ways right 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 right. but i think there's a through line it, it would be hey how much how much longer am i here but right. most doctors would not write down genetic predisposition to cardiovascular illnesses <laughs> snort a lot of cocaine and drink wine all the time <laughs> right they would not write that down <laughs> they would not hand that on a chit to george carlin course, but that was his lifestyle that a, a, of course drank a ton of wine and he's been smoking pot since he was a teenager right. maybe to 14 or 15 it's, ama- it's amazing he lived as long as he did right yes. i mean i think 
Yeah, he did kind of abuse that body quite a bit. Quite a Tell bit. me about Kelly. Well, Kelly is George Carlin's daughter, mm-hmm. and they had uh, one, one. Luckily, George met his wife on the road in Dayton, Ohio, and he found a champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they were like a team, and yep. they had this one kid, yep. and they would travel around in mm-hmm. a Dodge, Dodge Dart, and that was like the three musketeers to three right. of them. They had a very, I mean, obviously. In those early specials, he referred to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's interesting. I've seen Tonight Shows, and I'd be curious what you think about this, where he kind of made makes up a family in like you know the way like Dangerfield would talk about his doctor <laughs> Vinny Bubas or something like that he makes up like he has like a stupid kid and does jokes about his stupid kid like a son that I'm sure Kelly was home like I exist I'm an actual person so it was interesting mm-hmm. you know that he but I felt like in most of his stand up he didn't talk about no. being a dad no. or anything like that. No. It was all. But she's sort of the keeper of the Carlin flame, is she not? Oh no question. I mean, she. I mean, she had to live through all of that. Mm-hmm. So she had, and the fact that she allowed us to do this documentary with her permission was, to me, a key part of the whole thing. Was that we, hard to get, the permission? Well, no, it wasn't hard to get because she wanted to do it, and she had written a brutal book. Yes. Yeah. Growing up at the Carlins or mm-hmm. something like that. That's just so honest. And she's on her own journey. Mm-hmm. She had some uh, drug and alcohol yep. uh, abuse problems. And then she, like, figuring out and, like, coming to terms with this, in a way, absent father. Mm-hmm. Who was on the road. All the time. Creating a new HBO special for right. your enjoyment. <laughs> right. Are you happy now? Yeah, exactly. Leaving her behind. Yeah. yeah it's, she's it's, in the wake over mm-hmm. there drowning. With no no attention, and you're laughing at home. I hope you're happy. It is part of the unfairness of life, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so he kind of created... And did she want it to be honest, the documentary? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She was. She really... She was incredible. She was incredible. And she still is. Uh, she is incredible. So, But she had done a play... This is the thing is, she had done a play to kind of, as her own therapy... Mm-hmm. To kind of deal with, okay, what did I? What was this tornado right. that I? I mean, what was her this? Mom life was I an alcoholic. Right. She ends up dying. Her dad. So, the whole. She just did a play to like kind of like I need to figure this out mm-hmm. and wrote this book, and then in the wake of that, she had, she had like put that all aside and like, what if we do a documentary? And she was like, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Judd had done a documentary on. Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. And so she loved that. Mm-hmm. And Gary, believe it or not, one of the reasons he got into comedy was because he went to see George Carlin, right. wrote some jokes for him, drove all the way back to the show. George Carlin had read all the jokes and said, I think there's something here. Right. And that made him move from Arizona to Los Angeles, cut to the Larry Sanders show. Boom. Yeah. So that's how it works. Yeah. So yeah. So Carlin definitely. I mean, when in doubt, kids, write your jokes down, <laughs> hand them off to a famous comedian. Something good might happen. Something good might happen. Yeah. 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 That's Wayne Fetterman. We are a juniors. We're just going to have coffee and water. We might eat later, but that's for us to decide and you to never figure out. Segment for the takeout coming up in just a second. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Juniors. Welcome back to our conversation about George Carlin. So, 
to show you what a Carlin nerd I am, the yes. first concert I attended in my life was not a music concert. I was born in 1962. This is the 70s. I should be going to music concerts and music festivals. What do I do? I go to Peterson Gym on the campus of San Diego State University to see George Carlin, my first concert. What year is this? Probably 75, 76, oh, 77. Oh, so you yeah. saw peak mid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mid, yeah, that's the, that's the second Yeah, that's the uh, sort of version. second true, true run through the collegiate world, you know. Yeah, but that's the second version of yes. him where yeah. he wasn't we're playing nightclubs. Nope. He was just playing the colleges, the coffee yep. houses, and then small theaters, and he was doing the stuff off those albums. Yeah. FM and, and we AM. sat on the floor. You did? Yes. He was on a little stage in the middle of, the, of this gym. Who opened for him? I'm very curious. I don't even remember. Okay. It made no difference to me. All I was there for was for... Sounds like you fun. were high. It's fine. <laughs> it's, uh, that will not be discussed <laughs> in this program. So, the... So I'm very curious about that concert. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember how long he did? Do you remember? It was about he, an hour and a half. Do you re- wow, that's that already. That's a long time for yeah, a comedian was, to yeah. do. And do you remember? And did you any bits that he had done on record that you recognized? Yes. So, well, he, obviously, this seven words you can't say on television. Yeah, he, he did, did that. He did time. He did, oh, I remember love that. It. Remember oh. this, folks. You don't tell time. Time tells you. <laughs> soon, soon. Look it up. I love it. I love it. I love oh yeah. It. yeah, all those things. So this is the hippie. This is the hippie. Yeah, this the, is the long yes, hair. Yes, this is the hippie. Blue jeans. Right. All that stuff. Right. He's not wearing a suit anymore. No, not playing no, no, Vegas, no, 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 Any no. of this stuff. And this is really, in a weird way, not in a weird way, it's like peak early George Carlin. Yes. Like he became, this is when he had the private plane mm-hmm. and he was able to tour. And, and it was it was post-Vietnam, so he didn't do as much Vietnam stuff, but... The whole thing, uh, America the Beautiful, the song, yes, yeah, the rewrite the, of that. Right. Did all he do that the hair there. poem? Hmm? Did he yeah, do oh, he did the hair poem, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Because I, I never saw him during this period. So yeah, I'm it was really envious. great. It was so great. So envious so great. of you. Do you have the ticket? And, do you know how much it I cost? don't have the t- I was. I'm not a collector like that. I wish I was. Okay, okay. Uh, but my girlfriend at the time was like, what are we doing? We're like, going to see Jordan. Went, Why? I'm like, you'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. She was I very happy. It. Oh, yeah. She was very oh, happy. She's like, wow, I didn't know. you. Wow, you're kind of cool. You're kind of hip. Like, well. Stick around. We'll see what happens. Hey, I live in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Judd interested in this project? Well, I think, one, because Kelly was involved. Okay. I don't think Judd would have done it without Kelly's involvement. Is George an influence for Judd? I think Gary was more because he right. had a very close relationship with Gary. Judd is a comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but when he was in high school, he pretended... Just exactly like this, not, not but pretended to be part of a radio station, and he interviewed all these comedians. He just and he has these tapes. It's when he was still in high school in Long right. Island. So he's always been a nerd about it. And Carlin was one of these giants mm-hmm. that you know no one had been able to really crack on. Like, all right, what was the story of this guy? And and he also, I think. Because Judd is sort of political a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. Is that I think he was really fascinated and wanted to expose and find out like most comedy is it's like milk, it goes bad. It's mm-hmm. very ethereal. So but George Carlin's bits, whenever something comes up, suddenly they're on TikTok right. or yep. Instagram yep. or they like they get or YouTube that these clips get passed around. It's like, you know, he died a while ago. Yep. So it's really interesting that like anyone who was who would probably have never even heard of this guy mm-hmm. would pass around. It's like why is this guy evergreen in some areas where you don't see people passing around with all due respect, Lenny Bruce clips. No, when the abortion gets overturned or nope. something like that, nope. or when there's a, a shooting. Nope. But you will see George Carlin clips. Right. So I think that aspect of him. That Carlin was smart enough to know, like, let me not do. I mean, he did do the the Ali's things, but the most of his stuff is about bigger issues, right. especially towards the end. Right. What, that's my theory. What do you? Think? No doubt, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that comes across in the documentary American yeah. Dream, yeah, is that after after his passing, yeah, which was a brutal day for me. I remember June twenty second, two thousand eight. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? I is no more, no more. He lives on. And yeah. social media has created this other space of attachment, appreciation, celebration of George Carlin 
that he wouldn't have, I think, really been able to fully anticipate. Kelly probably doesn't fully anticipate. Right. But it goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah. No, it's... And again, I think it's a testament to his ability to craft high-level stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And again, some of it is just like, oh, I agree with his position on the this is abortion, and they they seem like they're anti-women, and so I'm just going to play this. Right. But I think some of it is like, oh, wow, this is... This is like a comic philosopher as opposed to just, oh, I'm going to do a funny bit right. like I do about uh, Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> exactly. And if it's you watch classic. the HBO, HBO specials, you know there are times when Carlin comes out and there's no hi, how are you? The oh, yeah. first joke out of, the, oh, yeah. out of his mouth is a howitzer. Yeah, oh, no question, no question, no question. Which yeah. is also, I think, startling to people in the biz. Like, what? seriously? No, hey, how is, oh, let's, let's no, get no, working no, out. No. Let's, let's all get settled in. No, wham. And no, that, that crowd that, work they, wasn't his no, thing. No, that came with a confidence that I think most comedi- comedians have mad respect for. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I would use the word arrogance, but there is uh, a level of just like... I'm here for me. You're here for, for me. me. Exactly. It's part of his bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Be, let's be clear about this. <laughs> let's be clear what's going on here. <laughs> I'm not here. So, and I think he did, but I do think he really, especially at the end, and he talked about it, was, because he seems like this cynical guy who doesn't mm. care, or anything, but that, like, when people would come up to him and say, I saw you at uh, this college, or mm. I saw you at Westbury, and I'm bringing my kids or something. Right. Like, I think he really... Enjoy that, like, oh, this is cool. We've been on this journey all together, of all of us together, as much of as, as, but he would leave, you know, he was famous for as soon as the show was over, he was in the car. Yeah, out. Like, Elvis has left the building. Like, <laughs> he set records of, like, the cars run. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gone. I did it. <laughs> God. I'm not hanging around. There'll be no autograph sessions. But it, the crazy thing is, like, this is all, it's all about, we talk about like these social issues and how we still, but in a, in another sense, I always think of him as like show business. Show business. Like he loved Danny Kay. Yep. He loved yes. these. Inspired old, by Danny Kay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. And the verbal acuity that Danny Kay did mm-hmm. when he did those patter songs written by his wife and stuff. Spike like, Jones. Yeah, he would like, he was able to do that even till the end. Yeah. Even to, I don't know if you're from, well, obviously you are, but there's something, there's this poem, I don't, not poem, but spoken word thing called A Modern Man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Look up Modern Man. And the fact that he could, I could never even You will memorize. say to yourself after watching it, thank you, Major, for letting me know about right. Modern Man. Oh. You were seriously. I'm no, play, I was don't thank the Wayne. Don't there. thank Wayne. But you, can, you can look that no, one. No, no, I got it. I like doing <laughs> over the shoulder. Um, so. I got to stop you there. Yeah. Segment four is nearly over. I love it. We have the takeout outtake especially. Well, that's segment five coming up in just one second. <laughs> our thanks to juniors as always. Our thanks to Wayne Fetterman. We'll see you for the takeout outtake especially on this microphone right here. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to your takeout outtake especial. We're at Juniors. Wayne Fetterman is our guest. The topic, George Carlin, my opinion, for what it's worth. The greatest <laughs> American comedian ever. Right. The most influential. My philosopher God. Uh, he was also an actor. He did cool movies. Yeah. I remember seeing the movie Car Wash. The only reason I watched Car Wash because I knew Carlin was in it. Small role. Not really important, but I'm like waiting. Wait, wait, right. where, where's Carlin? Where's right, Carlin? But he always he tended to do like that 
New York guy. Yeah. Like whenever he, he did a bit about a New York cop and keep it going, show's over and all of that. Like he tended to do that voice. Come on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. Well, yeah, Move along, yeah, Johnny. Yeah, Move along, Johnny. Quite a bit. Even if it's your mother. What's, what's great about that movie is also Richard Pryor's in that movie. Yeah. So it's this weird convergence. And Franklin Ajay. Who's and a, Kevin Smith is in the documentary, American yes, Dream, yeah, and yeah. two great movies, Carlin's in. Right. Dogma is the best. Yes, yes. Dogma's yes. fantastic. And Kevin said Carlin was a serious actor. I mean, he, he took, wanted to. He took, is, took his acting seriously. He wanted, well, this was the crazy thing. He thought, and this is in the documentary that I found fascinating, like, he didn't even want to really be a comedian. <laughs> He was just using comedy as a way to get on television. Right. The producers would see him, and the next thing you know, he would be like a Jack Lemmon kind of character actor right. or right. something like that. And he gets booked on That Girl, mm-hmm. and he plays like, I don't know, an agent or something, and he's he doesn't like it. And he feels like he's not in control the mm-hmm. way he is on the nightclub stage. Right. And it's really shocking and a big setback for him that he doesn't, that this part of his dream is I was like, oh, well, maybe I should just continue with the comedy. Right. Insane. Right. Insane. But even in his later years, he was still taking acting classes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We had an interview with the, it's, it never made it to the documentary. Yeah. That he was still really, really took it seriously. And I think was frustrated because the whole thing about stand-up is you're in control. Mm-hmm. You're in control. The whole thing about acting is you're sort of like, you know the lines, but you have to let it all go and mm-hmm. just be in this scene with that person. Right. And it's, you're out of control. And I don't think he li- he liked it. And he was good in all, everything he did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. He did that kid show for years. Yep. The tr- but, <clears throat> yeah. It's interesting. The, the Tank Engine. Yes. Yeah, he did the yeah. voiceover for that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of that show? It was called Tom- Thomas the Top. Shiny, Thomas the- Shiny Times. Right, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, yeah. I think Ringo had done it, and then he took over. So there was very good voiceover on that. Yeah. So there's a lot of kids who just know him from that. I mean, it's (laughs) you have no idea how much he hates. So tell me this. Uh, There are times when you watch the specials when he will go over to a stool, and it looks like he's looking at notes. Is Uh he? Sometimes, I mean, in, are you because, talking, his, because his bits were so long, and his the specials would go an hour or more. Right? Are you talking about his HBO specials? Yes, that's a good question. I I haven't noticed him looking at at notes during that. It, again, it looks like he is like. And, and I mean, I, I know in the the Carnegie Hall one, he mm-hmm, definitely is because okay. that one he is trying to figure it out and uh, incredible concert, and that he was so disappointed, he was crying after the concert because because he thought it didn't go well, but you it know, did. Again, the, the difference. But if you watch it, I can see why he was upset mm-hmm. because he stumbles over some things. And again, back to the Danny Kay, he was right. always like syllable perfect, mm-hmm. not word perfect, syllable, syllable perfect. Yeah. And so when he, so I saw him stumble over a few things. So he's like, oh, well, if I had another shot to do this, right. I could do a better job. So he was really disappointed. And it was so well received. And that really launched, to tell you the truth, his. His HBO deal. Did he make HBO in a certain way? <clears throat> well, he was part of. The, no, I think. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, those first, the first concert you're talking about, right. the one from USC. Right. Not many people had HBO no. at that time, and he said doing that special was fun, but not nowhere near mm-hmm. as important as doing a set on the Tonight Show right. or doing a Merv Griffin right. show. Right. Because it wasn't even, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think it was in L.A. Mm-hmm. at that time. Like, HBO was a very, very regional, yes. Long Island, I believe, San Diego. So We were early adopters in yeah, San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Way ahead of the curve. Incredible. For the only time of our lives. And then, so, but then later, in the 80s, it became a big, and it became a, uh, like a linchpin mm-hmm. for that entire network for their live programming. But they did so much comedy programming, and he was just part of it. And if you ask me, I feel like it was more like between the Larry Sanders show yes, and the sure. Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think in those early days of HBO, he gave it a kind of heft. Yeah, they got the best comedians. Yeah. 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 The, in the world. would do and That was the pinnacle before Netflix to do an HBO special. And he was one like, oh, and not only do I get to do one, I get to do one every two years. Right. Right. So for my audience who may not know, what's the best George Carlin album in your opinion? 
I, to me, I, I, don't, I am an FM and mm. AM and Class Clown. Yeah. Those two albums oh, yeah. are, to me, the uh, again, it might be the age that I am. Yes, for sure. But I felt like that's when... If you're going to dip your toe in the water, yeah. download those two albums. That would be my, yeah. Yeah, and, and you, you will like not this. regret it, yeah. And then he... Uh, and it's interesting because a comedian created the record label that allowed him to do this material where he was allowed to use mm-hmm. language that wasn't acceptable. Right. And that was Flip Wilson created this uh, record label called Little David. Little David, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was like another comedian going like, oh, this guy has to be heard. Mm-hmm. And he had done an album for RCA called Take Offs and Put On, right. where he doesn't swear at all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, if you want to hear the authentic what's going on in the nightclub, Get one of these Little David albums, FMAM, obviously Class Clown, Occupation Fool. There's right. a number of them where he's like, "Oh, this is what it's, this is what I'm doing," and it elevated him so much bigger than mm-hmm. just playing the normal. Right. I'm going to be a clean comedian. I'm doing clean material. So, on behalf of Wayne Fetterman from Juniors, we say thank you, Flip Wilson. Yes. And God rest your soul, George Carlin. That's it. See you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.